0: Welcome to the second episode of the Dental Billing Support Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Davey Clay, along with Josh Smith. Josh, how's how you doing? everybody doing? So, uh, our, our second guest here we've got this morning is Cornelia uh, Alton mm-hmm. with a dental advocacy group. Uh, and Cornelia and I are actually together this morning. We're at the Mighty Eighth Air Force Museum in Poolwood, Georgia. Uh, we are actually giving a presentation this afternoon to the South Georgia Dental Association Southeast Dental District Society um on maximizing your practice revenue um so Cornelia and i met we're, we're meeting this morning early and uh like i said i was i was just telling her that uh, i pulled up this morning to the mighty 8th and there was a bunch of cars here the the dentist room is full and i was walking in and four school buses pulled up it's <laughs> it's, it's field trip day at the uh, mighty 8th Force. <laughs> So Cornelia and I found a little nook upstairs and this is where we're, we're recording the podcast, but we got Josh on, on the, on the line as well. So uh, Josh, tell me about your day.
1: Yeah, day's going well. And I mean, I guess it would be a little bit different if I was giving a presentation or trying to prep for a presentation and you hear a bunch of kids in the background. So I'm not having to worry about all that, but. um, so,
0: Yeah. So uh, you know, this 10 year challenge thing that's going on on social media lately uh, yeah. got me, got me thinking and, Uh, My sisters have posted some 10-year challenges and stuff, so it got me thinking. And uh, exactly 10 years ago, almost to the day, about a mile from here, is where I started my dental career. Uh, Fresh out of college, I was an insurance major out of UGA, and uh, took a job verifying insurance at a dental practice. And uh, it's one of those funny stories where, you know, like, I had no idea what I was doing. I had zero knowledge of dentistry whatsoever, and uh, I was kind of learning on the fly with, with dental insurance verification. Um, and I don't know if you guys have ever done dental insurance verification for a living for 60 to 80 patients a day. Uh, it's very time consuming. It's, it's kind of monotonous and it's not a lot of, it's not a whole lot of fun. Um, but it's kind of the way I I learned the ins and outs of the business, um, and learning dental insurances specifically. But within about six months, I was the, uh, practice manager of that office. And, uh, we're, we're actually in poor Georgia where the home of Gulfstream and JCBR are, our hubs for those. So we, have a, we had a ton of, of Gulfstream patients. Um, and at the time, they had an insurance called CBCA. And CBCA was a, an insurance that had no fee schedule. Yeah, yeah. big payer. They, they would pay off our UCR fees. And our UCR fees are obviously the, our, our office fees that were being, were being billed on the uh, claim forms. So Gulfstream and JCB were paying at 100 180 so hundred preventative, hundred at basic and 80 at, at major. Uh, so at the time it was amazing. Um, then unfortunately they switched, they went to a company called simplify and then they went to, of course, Delta dental premier. Um, and I don't know, not many people are actually in with Delta Dental premier anymore. So now Gulfstream is on Delta Dental PPO. So all of our offices in this town or in Savannah, Georgia, around pooler, uh, almost their fees are almost cut in half to what they were about 10 years ago, which is, right. which is crazy to think about. Um, and then we met, we met Cornelia, uh, Josh and I met, met you about two years ago. Maybe we That's had, right. we had lunch together. Um, and at first I thought you were crazy when you were, t- you were telling us what what, you, <laughs> what product you had. I was like, I, I, well, I didn't think there was any way that was possible. And then, then we had a mutual client and Josh and I went into that mutual client's fees um we'll talk about your it's not necessarily negotiating fees with insurance companies um we can we, we're gonna hit on that but what we what we did is we went into the office that, that we had a mutual client and his ucr fees were so low that he wasn't even getting what, what you were giving him the value that you were giving him except for one code Joshua,
1: it was a bite wing correct it was a bite wing and and uh i remember getting into the office and i was like i gotta check this out i mean it's You know, whenever Davy and I've learned anything new in the industry or anything like that, you know, you take it with a grain of salt and you got to kind of research it and and figure it out. So, first thing I did, I'll go, I've got to see if this fee schedule is as high as Cornelia said it was. And sure enough, it was because it was out doing some of the usual and customary fees in this
0: area. It, It was higher, her fees were higher than the office's UCR fees.
2: My allowance.
1: Yeah. So, so get this. So when the claim was sent to insurance with the usual and customary fee, they paid on the lower fee, which was the usual and customary fee because that's what was sent on the claim form, which you never see. So it was very interesting. And that's of course when we were like, okay, this is for real, this is a uh, fee schedule that of course can, you know, you can just put it broadly in your office, only change one fee schedule should it have to change. And you know, send everything out. It makes for a very, very, very simple system when it comes to fee schedules, presenting case treatment, um, you know, explaining uh, case presentation to your patients, and and them understanding what their out of pocket is going to be. When you're doing this for basically most of the patients in your practice, it, I mean, it simplifies everything up front. Right. So and that,
2: that, that's the goal, really, is to simplify, not not only to generate higher reimbursement. But also to simplify the operational side from a number of fee schedule standpoint and number of credentialing events that a provider has to go through.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, Cornelia, get I guess get us started on how you got in the dental field. It's a pretty interesting story. I think your dad was a dentist. Um, tell us how you got into it and how you guys started dental advocacy group.
2: Okay. Well, let me go way back. Okay. Um, so my first exposure to to uh, dentistry was when I was about four, and that's when those, y'all remember those carousel projectors that came out where you, okay, well, so most families probably put birthday pictures and vacations and stuff, Um, but at the Alton House, uh, we looked at teeth, and there's evidence of that. There's pictures of all these little kids sitting around staring intently at this big projector screen in our living room with my dad monitoring the controls. And if you look carefully at the screen, their teeth. So so, uh, that's my first exposure uh, to dentistry. Um, I spent most of my career um, negotiating relationships between providers and uh, payers. And, I, you know, I did this um, w- within the medical field, within the auto insurance field, within workers' comp field, and now within dentistry. And, you know, the, the, the skills and the knowledge and the understanding of both how the provider operates and how the payer world operates, I think was... Uh, very, very important in in terms of how this company got developed and what we focused on as a company. So Dental Advocacy Group is a brainchild uh, from my father and I sitting on his back porch talking about uh, the dental industry and what he's hearing from his peers that, you know, there, there are two very negative pressures on independent dentists. One is the rise of the corporate groups which tend to make the independent dentists in a lesser competitive situation because they can't buy goods and services at the same discounted rates that the large groups can and the second factor that's impacting the independent dentist is the fee schedules that are low and declining so they're not low and growing i mean they're not even keeping up with uh, overhead costs uh, increases in the independent practices. And so those were th- that was the problem that we tried to solve. And, you know, I spent a year developing different models um, and finally came up with a model that the lawyers would uh, allow me to work with. And that is, I went to the insurance market and I pre-negotiated... Um, favorable fee schedules. And what I sold to the insurance market was the profile of the independent practice that I was going to target in my business. Um, And then uh, through our dental advocacy group, which is a membership organization, we enroll dentists as members and those members have access uh, to the fee schedules that have been pre-negotiated. So, we don't negotiate on behalf of an individual dentist. We have already established fee schedules that are available. Um, And so if a dentist is considering our option, one of the first things that they ask for is a fee schedule. And we're able to do that. We're able to to give you a fee schedule as soon as you indicate an interest because they're already pre-negotiated. They're already in place.
0: I think you're I think going back to that your 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 dad for example and kind of that old school mentality back in the day was dentists got together not necessarily got together but nobody accepted insurance as a as a partnership so nobody wanted to be in a PPO in the 80s and 90s uh, in early 2000s and I think once the DSOs came about uh, what we're talking about the the groups they started accepting insurance all over so the the independent mom and pop shops had to start. Uh, accepting some of these plans, not they didn't want to, but they almost had to to keep up with with the, with the with the momentum of everything going on with the V schedules, the insurance plans. So, is that something that you see? You know, how many when you go into an office, how many insurance plans are as a typical independent dentist in network with? already well
2: i mean i i I think it varies and and my belief is that every single practice has its own heartbeat about what its mission is and what they're trying to accomplish and you know the the populations that they want to serve but but we serve uh we have clients that were completely fee-for-service not in network with a single uh plan because they were not willing to do the 30 to 50 percent write-offs That their peers were doing but when they saw our fee schedules and and realized that the write-off through our organization was significantly less um, we were able to bring them in so we've got uh, practices that were fee-for-service and then we also work with practices that that went out and signed every insurance company they could find and They're they're overrun with insurance companies. They, you know, besides revenue being depressed because they've got so many contracts that are taking such a big hit, um, they have no revenue visibility. So when they send out a claim, they got no idea who is going to pay and how much they're going to get paid for the service. And so with those practices, we pull them back. So. We put our solution in place, and then we eliminate all the overlapping agreements, so that they can get uh, the higher rate through our fee schedule. And um, so we, you know, we 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 have a a balance, Davey. I mean, uh, we we see almost everything.
0: Talk about those those network sharing agreements and how those affect an office.
2: Um, you know, it it used to be probably two and a half, three, four years ago, the carriers who are defined as Blue Cross and Cigna and Delta, those guys would rent networks that were available to make their network bigger. And the objective really was all of these networks are competing with Delta Dental from a size standpoint. So Delta Dental has 90% of the dentists contracted and all of these other networks, MetLife, Guardian, and all of these guys are competing with Delta Dental on a daily basis. So the, the first solution they put in place was to go out and rent the the networks which are Dentamax and Connection Dental and Zealous, Mavericks, and supplement their networks in in a sense grow their networks through these network arrangements and that that worked for a while but then they figured out that they could generate an additional revenue stream by Sharing their net, their directly contracted providers with others, and so, uh, United Concordia, for example, and, and I and I, uh, I don't like what United Concordia is doing because they're going to the dentist and they're saying, We need a rate, a good rate, um, because we cover the military. Well, all the dentists want to help, all the dentists want to support the military and give them favorable pricing. But we, what United Concordia realized was that there was a revenue stream associated with that network. And so now they rent their network to Ameritas, they rent it to Principal, they rent it to Lincoln Financial, and any others that will will pay them to access the network. And so um, what used to be fairly, fairly clean, where insurance companies rented Uh, true networks now the carriers are leasing their networks to each other and what that what that leads to is overlapping agreements where you know you may be in network with Aetna through three or four or five different contracts that you own.
0: Umbrellas.
1: Yes
2: yeah
1: it muddies the waters Um, you know we we uh, see we see that on a daily basis because, you know, Dave, you correct me if I'm wrong, we're constantly seeing these explanation of benefits and office managers across the United States, doctors, they don't know who's going to actually be paying on what fee schedule whenever they're sending out claims. And it's because of what, everything that you just went over.
2: But, yeah, that's right. And see, I think that that is a huge problem that the, the dentist may not recognize. And that's revenue visibility. I mean, you know, you send out a claim and you've got a contract with Aetna. And it's an Aetna claim you expect to get Aetna reimbursement. And then all of a sudden you get paid something significantly less. Well, you know, all businesses run based on the projection of revenue. And if you've got no visibility into what you're going to get paid, I mean, that's just an additional pressure that's put on an independent practice.
1: Cornelia, you took the words out of my mouth. Every single, a dental office is a business. It should run no different than any other business when it boils down to it. You need to know what your revenue is going to be based off your pricing in a sense and your fees. If it's constantly changing and you're constantly being paid off something that you don't know what it's going to be, how on earth can you predict what you're supposed to be bringing into your practice on a monthly basis and forecast cash flows? Um, And that's why it's, 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 it's very, very, very interesting. What you've been able to put together um, and basically help out those independent dentists too. And you know, it can it can work for for big groups, but it does work for these small dentists um, out there that aren't trying to, you know, constantly get network with with the world, share fee schedules, not know where the money's coming from. And it really helps out the front desk. That's another thing. That's the standpoint that we see a lot of. You definitely see the cash flow come in in its predictable income and revenue. But it helps out the front desk with a streamlined process.
0: And also the network sharing essentially is going to lead to payment downgrading, um, you know, right. and, and the pinballing effect. So mm-hmm. if you send a claim in, am I right? Tell me if I'm wrong. Right. If, you, if you're sending a claim in for let's call it $100 on your UCR um, and your network with Aetna, for example, and the Aetna fee is $50, you think you're going to write off $50. But then when, that, when, when your network sharing and that, that starts pinballing, you know, you could also be in the assurance contract for $40, or you could be in the guardian contract for 35 And Got then it. all of a sudden, you're also in the Denimax contract at 25 for that same <laughs> exact fee. So what you thought you were charging $100 for, you, you thought maybe you'd get 50 because you're in a network with Aetna. But now you're only getting $25 because you're also in the umbrella of Denimax. So you're essentially writing off $75 on that example. Is that correct?
2: Well, that's right. So, so it depresses your revenue. And you have no visibility into what revenue you're going to see, and it, it's just uh, it's it, it's a difficult practice. And and I think that the 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 reality is the strategies and tactics that we try and uh, teach the dentist and the the independent practices are recognizing these strategies and tactics that the payers are using and then creating strategies and tactics that really take that leverage away from the payer so that the independent practice has more control over what they're getting paid. And, And I think part of it is education. I think that right now there are not many dental practices out there that really understand exactly how this payer market is working and what they can do. I know they're frustrated. I know that, you know, many of the clients that we have say, you know, I've, I'm just ready to give up on all this, this stuff. And we're like, you know, there, there are opportunities, there are pathways that will allow you to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish with your practice.
1: That's why this is such an important conversation to have. It's not many people are educated on it and don't understand exactly how it works unless you do this for a living. You know, it's, you can't expect everybody. Most people come into dentistry, you know, just a lot of people come in out of high school and that's just what they've done for forever. And they end up becoming office managers and you, know, you kind of learn on the fly. It's not really offered uh, in dental school uh, when it comes to for, when it comes to different dentists coming out of school and understanding this, that's why it's extremely important for, for dentists to understand that, especially when they're going to they're going to own their own business. You know, that's what it really boils down to. Dentists own their own business. It's extremely interesting uh, when it when it comes down to this. It, re, it really is just to understand exactly exactly what um, what is going on in the insurance market.
0: To me to me, it hurts the the front desk person who is trying to do a treatment plan. And Josh and I like to go by the zero balance system, um, where essentially the patient shouldn't have to have a balance after they come in for their service. That uh, you should collect everything up front. You should be able to to do the math, the treatment plan, and no, tell the patient exactly what they're going to owe, taking into account insurance downgrades, which is another topic of discussion. Uh, but taking all that into account, as opposed to telling the patient they're going to go "OX. X you send the claim to insurance insurance is going to downgrade or they're going to pay at a lower rate. And then the patient's going to owe more after the fact. Um, and that's where, that's where patients get kind of ticked off with, with offices when they're told one thing. Um, and then something else happens. Right. Um, there's no way to predict what the insurance is going to pay in that circumstance because there's so many plans or so in their network with their network sharing their are pinballing the rates. Um, so to me, the over underlying factor of all this is that treatment plans are not being predicted correctly because of all the different networks the doctors in oh, man it, it's it's educating but it, but it's it's very educational to hear to hear hear you talk um you're you're in, in it every single day josh and i are in it every single day and we understand these things but i, I really think that the doctors and the, the front desk staff need to get engaged and also learn these things and, and meet with you to, to learn Agreed. these things uh, regularly,
2: yeah. Y'all's, y'all's
1: presentation today um, is going to be instrumental for a bunch of, of the different dentists and office managers that are going to be attending it, and it'll be interesting. and And with hope, they tell other people about what they heard today because it's it is something that needs to be understood in dental offices. If you're going to be in this business moving forward, if you don't know it, you're going to end up losing money. It's wow. just it's the way it works. Cornelia,
0: Cornelia, and I are getting prepared for our presentation uh, here in about an hour. So uh, there's a lot more information we're going to talk about. And you know, if you're if you're dentists out there listening, you know, invite us to speak at your dental society meeting or, or call us up. And Cornelia, how can they get in touch with you if they want more information?
2: Um, you can call me, and my office number is seven seven zero six nine one three one seven five. You can email me at. C-O-U-T-T-E-N, at Dental Advocacy Group. Or if you're interested to in, in a free assessment, you can go to our website, dentaladvocacygroup.com, and take the free practice assessment. Once you take that free practice assessment, we will review it, and then we will contact you with recommendations about how you can improve the revenue for your practice.
0: You'll also be at the Henman in a couple of weeks as well, right? Yes. All right, Josh. Do you have anything else for us?
1: Oh no. I mean, if anybody has any questions as well on what we do, it's Josh at dentalclaimsupport.com and we can actually put you in touch with Cornelia as well <laughs> if you if you didn't have her, her information. But um, other than that, I think this is very very interesting conversation today. All
0: right. Thank you guys. Thank you, Cornelia, for joining us this morning. Thank you. Y'all have a good day.
2: Have a good one. Good luck.